And you have three of our whiskeys, right? You have the American Vada Malt, the New York Pistone Company, and the Santa, Santa Fe Spirits, correct? We actually have four. <laughs> yeah, I actually managed to snag a bottle of the Iron Root. Oh, oh cool. nice. Before yeah. it sold out on Sealbox. So, yeah, yeah I, I actually, okay. I also have that. So. Very cool. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of That's Neat, a podcast dedicated to whiskey, the stories surrounding whiskey, and the people we drink it with. I'm Blake. I'm Marcus. And today we are joined here with Lost Lantern. They are a independent bottling company. And why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do over there at Lost Lantern. Absolutely. Uh, I'm at... Adam, and this is Nora. We're a uh, Hi. Uh, husband and wife team coming in from uh, different sides of the whiskey industry. Awesome. And uh, as you said, we're an American independent bottler. We're really influenced by the, uh, the long Scottish tradition of sourcing uh, whiskey from across the country and putting out single casks and blends. And we're trying to adapt that to the U.S. market, sourcing from the huge array of new distilleries that have opened in the last 20, 30 years, mostly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Adam's background is he was, he wrote for a whiskey advocate for a couple of years, um, reviewing whiskey there. And I come from the retail side. I worked for Astor Wines and Spirits in New York City as the sales manager there for a while. So we have some good experience between the two of us in the industry, but also come from different sides, which helps with putting together the project and also selection, selecting the whiskeys. That's awesome. Very cool. What was um, what made you decide to kind of start this? Um, uh, you said you have that influence from like the Scottish traditions, but what was it like that snap that made you let's do this here? Yeah. So I was actually writing a story for uh, Whiskey Advocate about Scottish independent bottlers and what they were doing in uh, how they were exploring the U.S. market. They were selling here a little bit. And at the same time, I was, I have been writing a lot of stories about uh, craft whiskey or whatever you want to call it around mm -hmm. the United States. And that had kind of become my beat at Whiskey Advocate. I was, I was really interested in the things that people were doing. And writing these two stories, I realized this model makes perfect sense for the U.S. market because there are so many distilleries that so many people don't know. I feel like most people know a handful of the bigger names in craft that have nationwide distribution and they know the best local places, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily know the best local place that's halfway across the country from them. Right. And, and even if they did, they sense. wouldn't necessarily be able to get their hands on a bottle from right. that distillery. Yeah. So, so which is <laughs> an issue that we've run into. Constant. Um, I'll bring back something. And, Constant. Yeah. Struggle. And Sean and Blake are like, oh, how do we get this? I'm like, you can't. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Exactly. <laughs> and you get yeah. it for me. That's how you get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so our vision for Lost Lantern, in part, is a way to help introduce these distilleries to a new audience get some whiskeys that we think are really exciting right now out there and uh, show them off to people and help them get them. And we also are doing some blends and exploring what it looks like when you bring these new flavors from all across the country together in new ways. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a little bit of both and that's really exciting to come in. And like in Scotland, we're really deeply committed to being fully transparent about what we're doing. All of our labels say right on the front and the back what distillery it's and distilleries it's from. Mm -hmm. the, the vision is to talk about why we're excited about it and why these places are cool so that other people can discover them. Yeah, and as we start tasting through things, our American Vat and Malt, which is our first blend, you guys got full barrel details. We're happy to talk about that. We think mm -hmm. that's 
why this is super interesting and one of, one of the great joys of this project for us is being able to sing the praises of the distilleries we work with. Because if they weren't making great whiskey, no matter how many times we tried to taste whiskey and select stuff, we wouldn't be able to do this. So it's super fun for us to, to share that information with people who want to know. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'd, we'd would love to talk about it. It's, I was looking through the, through some of the paperwork <laughs> you guys sent us over, you know, what the, what they were and what goes into the vatted is, I mean, that's, that is, it's so cool. It's a whiskey nerd's dream. Yes. <laughs> Just some of the, some of the things that go into it. And so I'm super excited to, I'm super, super excited to, to try that out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're two whiskey nerds. So for us, we're putting out what we wanted, what we, we would have wanted to see mm -hmm. from something like this. So full, full disclosure on who it's coming from, why we selected that barrel. We will tell you as much as you were willing to take on. Basically. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Challenge the fun accepted. thing about going from being a journalist to having uh, your own whiskey company is I don't have to say, oh man, I wish that was non-chill filtered or I wish that was cast strength anymore because we can just decide to That's do that. We do. And, uh, <laughs> obviously we never chill filter. Most things are cast strength. All the single casts are cast strength. So it's, it's fun to be able to put it out the way that, that we want it to be shown. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. The vat the vat is cool. not cask strength. You guys, it is not. Oh, it was. It's still very high proof. Yeah. Uh, one hundred and five. It is. Yeah, I think before we we slow proofed it over a couple of months, oh, so okay. adding water very slowly because there were so many flavors that to allow them to integrate, we actually had to proof it down a little bit. It's. I think it started in the one twenties because oh, okay. that, and we'll go over who was in it before, but the, <laughs> the Balcones whiskey is very strong very to start and yeah. some of these some of the other places also have relatively strong cast strength whiskey mm -hmm. so to bring it down it allowed us to integrate the flavors in a way that we think really shows everything nicely but it's also creates creates its own special kind of unified flavor so yeah. nice. that's awesome yeah very cool and one decision that we made early on is we we didn't want to just run this this company from new york city where we had been for a long time just like mm -hmm. emailing our buddies to say like hey can you sell some barrels like theoretically could probably have done that but it's not the way we wanted to do it so we uh both left our jobs in new york and we spent eight months driving around the country in a toyota prius and visiting <laughs> distilleries all over the country because we wanted to see firsthand how they were doing things. And well, and we knew that we wouldn't, there were a lot of distilleries or at least a, a good, a solid handful of distilleries that were making whiskey that we had never heard of or never gotten a chance to taste. Cause even in a place like New York city, you can't get your hands on some of the really cool whiskey that's being made in the country. So as Adam said, we wanted to, wanted to see what people were up to, but it was also super important to go in and talk to people and ask distillers what other distilleries they were excited about. So, and that's how we discovered a lot of really of the local interesting whiskey that was being made or regional interesting whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And we also decided along the way that we're only ever going to buy whiskey from distilleries that we visited in person. Which, which we think is super important. And yeah. it's also a good excuse for us to get out on the road as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's a great excuse to do that. You get give so you, much more give you a chance too. to actually go to the distillery and check out their operation. Exactly. And see yeah. how they're making it and what they're making. Very cool. Exactly. Yeah. Meet the and guys. tell them about what we're doing and why and convince them that like, if it's someone we don't already know that you should trust us with your name and our label and convince them that this is a great way to get it out there. And, show off a different side of your distillery definitely yeah. yeah so what was that process like i mean you kind of said you already were on the road but like what was that process like at um you don't need to go into like each individual distillery but 
say for like Balcones, like when you got there, how did you get to go to the the rec house and just kind of pick your barrel there? Or they show you a select few barrels or how was that? It, it varies so much. Uh, every place is different. Sometimes they've handpicked a bunch of things for us to try before we get there. Sometimes mm-hmm. we get there and we just go out to the warehouse and uh, taste things in 20 degree weather outside. Um, but, yeah. but our rule is that we never buy when we're in the room. We always take samples away with us back to our, our neutral lab space, which mm-hmm. is uh, may or may not be our kitchen table. Right now. <laughs> During COVID, yeah. Um, but we, yeah. We, we find that, I mean, you guys have probably had this experience too, where you go to a distillery and you taste everything and everything is amazing. And you're like, how, how will I ever pick? And then you go home and we do it in a neutral setting and you taste it. And you're like, oh, well, clearly this is the one. This mm-hmm. is obviously the one you get carried away in the, in the experience of visiting the distillery. And also we, we have a pretty rigorous selection process where everything gets tasted at least three times i think we've gotten up to 11 different tasting flights Mm -hmm. the better the whiskey is the more consistently good the whiskey is from a distillery the longer it takes us to select something but it's it's important to go through the full rigorous thing in a in the same place over different times of day having Mm -hmm. eaten different things that consistently liking a barrel is super important in our selection process and we both have to agree which is uh, challenging sometimes. We both have to firmly <laughs> say yes to every barrel that we buy for single casks. And there have been times when we yeah. do a, a blind tasting of, we know what distillery it is, and we come out and we say, these are great. There's one that's definitely the best one that we're going to buy. And mm-hmm. she agrees. And then turns out we're talking about different barrels. And <laughs> we've had a couple times where we can't agree and have to go back to the distillery and say, hey, these are great, but uh, we're going to try again next year. Yeah. 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 We'll yeah, our palates are quite different, which is usually great because we feel like when we're both in love with a cask, it, there, there's a high likelihood that a range of people will like it. Yeah, but it's exactly. definitely sometimes contentious, and that's when these flights go on <laughs> and on and on. But, I mean, we can't really complain. Our job is to taste a bunch of whiskeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> It's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to feel, uh, yeah, it's hard to feel bad about, uh, <laughs> about that. So what do you guys, what do you guys have? Do you, do you think your, you said your palates are, are quite different? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like, what do you like the most, Nora? And, and then what do you, what do you like, so, like what do you gravitate towards? Yeah. Um, I come from a wine background originally. So when I started okay. at Master, I came in the wine side and then I got promoted to sales manager and it, that meant that I had to manage all of the associates on the floor. And so had to really level up and get to know spirits. Um, And that's when I fell in love with whiskey. But for me, because my palate comes from a wine perspective where flavors are just more subtle in general, I find that my palate can get overwhelmed. So things that are super high in oak, some finishes like cherry can sometimes just destroy me. Um, highly, highly peated things or smoked things can become overwhelming for my palate. So I like, I like to say I like more subtle and nuanced whiskey. He suggests <laughs> that, that way of articulating it. But I generally like things that are kind of less of a, a punch in your face or as we call them face melters. That's mm-hmm. his style of whiskey. Yeah. So and I like the, I like really, really big flavors, whether it's uh like big Isla scotches or the really, really smoky American whiskeys mm-hmm. or big, rich traditional bourbons. Uh, so I, it's a, it's a good contrast between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. What about you guys? Do you have different palettes? Have you? Oh yeah. You know, uh... Um, 
I would say, well, I don't, I don't want to speak for Marcus, but I'd say Marcus is more of a single malt guy. And I, I definitely like bourbon. Um, I like cask strength bourbon, uh, especially ultra age stuff. But um, I've been getting way more and more into American single malt, which is nice. probably yeah. like my new favorite, especially if you can get your hands on um, like a peated cask strength which is something that like westland puts out or balconis puts out mm -hmm. and yeah just yeah i kind of i'm kind of like the melt your face type flavors <laughs> i guess you would say I really and like i don't it. i don't mind those there are some of them that i really do enjoy i i do absolutely love like balconis is peated you yeah. know mm -hmm. and i i do absolutely love like like a mccarthy single barrel mm -hmm. um but I am a little bit more towards, you know, if I can get something that's, um, if I can get something that is a little bit um, more friendly and a little bit more nuanced. Just a general question about what you guys taste, like what, what kind of note. And I mean, you have your website details here, uh, or I have it pulled up, but what, what kind of notes and, and, and things do you like most about this yourselves? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we like we can taste all of the component parts, which we like, but without having it be <laughs> because we've tasted like we have bottles of the component parts that we use for tasting, and we know these whiskeys so well at this point. But I think for for us, for me, like especially with that mesquite smoke influence, even if you can't really pick it out, we find that there's always like an orangey note that comes through on that. So we we I think in our tasting yeah. we say chocolate covered orange peel um on the nose is a really interesting note um and then like even like a cooked um fruit note to it not like yeah. overcooked but just like roasted on a fire if you roasted an orange on a fire kind of thing we'll say uh, grilled peaches kind of like yes yeah exactly yeah which is not something we usually do in vermont but <laughs> I should give it a try. Um, but yeah, and on the palate, I think the the viscosity really comes from the balconas in particular. But there's a lot of uh, of baking spice. Someone in Pennsylvania tried it and said it tastes like salted Pennsylvania pretzel. Is that what it yeah. was? Ooh. Which we like because we we actually have salted pretzel, but like mm -hmm. on the on the tasting note, but. We'll take it. We'll steal the tasting note. I can I can definitely taste the the four barrels that come from the Pacific Northwest, the uh the more slightly more cereally note that I associate with the uh the distillers who used to be brewers. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's really nice. And then um the triple eight adds a nice delicacy to it because I think a lot of people don't know them, but they're actually the uh as far as I know, the oldest single malt distillery on the East Coast. They have a uh 12-year and a 15-year-old American single malt. Um, I was wondering because you look at the breakdown on these, and that's by far the oldest barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six it's, and a half year from now. Yeah, yeah, and not many people have had it because it's mostly available on Nantucket and uh, in some parts of Massachusetts. Okay. But, uh, and it's it's quite expensive as you'd expect for twelve year old American single malt, but it is uh, spectacular, and I highly recommend it if you ever get a chance. Yeah, to try it. I was just gonna say I don't know anybody out in Massachusetts. But I do. I do know some <laughs> Massachusetts. I'm gonna have to bug them. <laughs> Should. It's worth trying if you can get your hands on it. It's interesting because it's it's an island. So you get some of the ocean yeah. influences that you get in Scotland that get a are bit hard. Of that brine and yeah, exactly. It's hard to get the kind of salinity that you get from the ocean in most American whiskey making climates. So it's yeah. it's super interesting that yeah. way. 
And that's actually how I met the owner of, of Triple Eight because I was writing a story about American island whiskeys, looking at comparison to Scotland. Scotland has its islands, but there are some there are some island distilleries on the east coast. There are some uh, in uh, your neck of the woods too, mm-hmm. up on, uh, on Bain- and Bainbridge and yep. and Whidbey. Yeah, yeah Bainbridge, man, yeah. Doing some, doing some great stuff. You're right. Talk about a little bit of that, that ocean influence for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wanted to explore, like, is this a real thing? Is there ocean influence in American whiskey if it's aged on an island or right by the coast? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is when when selecting the distilleries to to include in this blend, one of the important things was to encapsulate many different regional styles of whiskey so we wanted whiskey from all over an, an island whiskey was a super important part of that very cool. it, made it, it made our lives very hard when it came to the actual logistics our because lives. nora's life because <laughs> nantucket is not just an island it's only accessible by ferry there are no bridges out there oh, so we had to okay. figure out how to get whiskey in bond off of the island down to virginia where we're bottling yeah um, and that was a that was nora's job so. yeah that was <laughs> that was yeah. a logistical nightmare yeah. Yeah. oh man that's yeah. when i like to tell her don't worry nora will figure it out <laughs> <laughs> gee thanks <laughs> so how many um how much how much of this vatted did you actually did you guys actually produce three thousand bottles three thousand bottles okay very cool and yeah. what does that um what does that break down to as far as like like how many barrels did you get from each of these distilleries like did you get is that like three is that like three yeah. Two? Okay. Two per, per distillery, yeah. Per distillery. Two of each or just the two? So it is literally one barrel of each of these that's on the list? Exactly. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's, they're basically all different. Um, two from each distillery. They're all in 53 gallons or some of them are a little larger. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's quite a mix. Yeah, I saw there was a couple of sherry barrels and things that were a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was definitely getting a little bit of a sherry, like nutty note from that. That was really good. Yeah, there's 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 a few finished barrels. There are some the both of the Virginia distillery barrels were in re- retoasted wine casts, so you get Ooh. a lot of that kind of winey flavor from that as well. That's cool. Yeah, been really into finishing whiskeys lately or not me finishing them myself but tasting them obviously (laughs) um and it's been really cool to see um a lot of the american bourbon guys doing it and like seeing some of the experimentation going on and it's it's really opening up a can of worms in a good way for all these guys to do something a little different it's really awesome yeah, yep. we think American distilleries are really taking finishing to the next level. I mean, one oh, yeah. of the coolest finishing barrels that we have in this is a Copperworks, which, which actually spends a year in sherry first and mm-hmm. then goes into ex-bourbon for three years, which is actually saw that. an order of operations yeah. that I don't think Swap. we've ever seen, which mm-hmm. is super cool. And a, a great whiskey comes out of that. And we love, we love seeing this. And that's the kind of cast that they probably wouldn't have sold to us mm-hmm. for, for almost five years too. Yeah. That's a big deal for them. Like if you look yeah. at their, their releases, I mean, I've got four bottles of their stuff and every one of them is under, is under three years. So yeah. Yeah. No, that that's, yeah. I, I saw that. It's like, wait a minute, they did what? <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's what, the fun of involving the distillers and blenders yeah. from these distilleries. Cause they're, they brought all of these casks that were super cool. And I, I guarantee we wouldn't have gotten our hands on mm-hmm. in another context. And so you get all of these really interesting whiskeys and flavors coming out of them. 
every distillery has a couple barrels tucked away where they say like, this is really good. We love uh, tasting this one, but we don't really know what to do with it. Right. And we, those are the barrels we're really interested in. Nice. Yeah. yeah and that's sure. actually a good, kind of a good segue into the single cask, unless you guys have more questions. No, let's do it. Let's go. Okay. We're going um, to New York. So then. generally our single cask program, we do, we release them on a quarterly basis or will release them on a quarterly basis. Um, a bourbon, a rye, and a single malt always. And then every once in a while, we'll release something in in the, don't do that, we're gonna share. Um, it, <laughs> because we added Iron Root, we're doing a little bit of a <laughs> different yeah. Um I lost my train of thought. Snuck um, one in on you, sorry there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh. Oh, sometimes we will release an other category, which is the iron root corn whiskey. Yeah, it's the corn something. whiskey. Yeah, and generally that's kind of outside of the style of those three. Um, when we buy single casks, our goal is to buy two casks, two different casks from each distillery. One okay. that is a great introductory cask, so something so that you can get to know that distillery if you haven't discovered them yet. And then mm -hmm. the other type is kind of a different perspective on a distillery either that you haven't tried or that you already love so this new york distilling company is an example of that where it's straight rye that was finished yeah. in an apple brandy cask so kind of a twist and they do release this kind of thing periodically but we thought it was interesting twist on classic kind of rye flavors mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, um, New York Distilling Company, urban distillery based in Brooklyn. They also have a distillery up um, in upstate New York, and that's actually where the apple brandy cast came from. Um, oh, I guess cool. they're partial owners in that distillery, and so they blend a oh, lot okay. of distill a lot of things up there because it's Brooklyn. There isn't much space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then things get stored back down there. Um, so it's stored in Brooklyn or in upstate? In Brooklyn. This was, oh, yeah, Brooklyn. it was partially okay. matured in upstate New York and partially matured in Brooklyn. Um, this is 75% rye, 13% corn, and 12% malted barley, three years, okay. and 119 proof. Wow. Three years in New Oak, then another year in uh, oh, yeah, Upper Brandy Castle. Yeah, so four years total. Oh, wow. But at the time, we couldn't disclose the full amount. So it's just yeah. <laughs> Yep, all those funny little laws about ages and labeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which they've changed to make it make more sense now, but we, <laughs> we straddled that timeline. <laughs> so, oh, wow. do you want to talk a little bit about? So, this, this is made uh, primarily with, uh, with grains that are grown in New York. Uh, as you'd expect. And that's one of the things that I think is really interesting about New York Distilling Company mm -hmm. is that they're really helping to revive the tradition of cooler climate rye, which is where most rye whiskey originally came from. And mm -hmm. now it's uh, it's obviously mostly distilled in Kentucky and uh, Indiana and Tennessee, but uh, it's great to see it uh, returning to its roots as well. And I think it's a slightly different style, um, especially with the apple brandy finish. It um, is a ton of baking spice and harvest fruit flavors. And I've really been enjoying this this fall in particular. Uh, as big fans of apple brandy in general and um nora being smart won't let me do single casks of brandy yet uh, <laughs> so this is uh this i think is that would be fun <laughs> we love I'm... apple brandy we love calvados but we also need to focus to begin with but this is the closest 
basically the closest <laughs> that we can get to it. Yeah. Um, and I think it the apple brandy is a really prominent note in this. You get it both on the nose and on the palate. Definitely. Strongly. The finish is, is very long and, and kind of like apple candy-like. It's lovely. I really like yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. It has a... Man, that is... It's super interesting on the rye. I, 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 rye is, rye is what got me into whiskey, and mm. then I immediately moved away from rye. <laughs> <laughs> I went, wow, I really like this. This is pretty good. And then I tried scotch, and went, oh, but this is, I like this one so much better, and moved into moved into that. And I'm I'm going back to a few ryes recently, and am finding. I'm, I'm sort of finding that interesting split between the half of the market that is MGP rye, which is mm -hmm. good, but it's a very distinct flavor, right? It's a yeah. very specific sort of heavy dill flavor. And and then a lot of the other ryes, the, the more sort of craft ryes, or even if it's not technically craft, like, like whistle pig, because it's coming from a, you know, uh, coming from Alberta rye, right? But it's it's still a break from the norm. Right, I'm finding a much larger spectrum, and I'm I am I'm enjoying the, the <laughs> I'm enjoying the larger spectrum of it. This is we were we were just trying some few rye not that long ago, and I'm getting mm -hmm. similar I'm getting similar notes on this one. Mm -hmm. This one's a little. I would say this is a lot denser. Yeah, no, it definitely is, rounder. and that might have something to do with that with the finish. Yeah, and age. I'm because sure. I don't the think yeah, old. what um we had their their regular one in there. What kind of still are they using? Do you do you guys have that? This like, or is it a column so, or column or a, a pot still? Um, not off the top of my head, but I can look it up kind of while we're going because we do have all that information. Oh, okay. Um, okay. but we don't have it. We have a cheat sheet that's kind of the 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 hits if as yeah. if you will. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, as, as you start talking through the yeah. iron route, I can look that up and, and give it. It feels like a pot still. I like it. So, but. Oh, no, I, I, think like it's, I think it's probably at least a combo. Oh, okay. So, because a lot of places have the pot with the um, mm -hmm. column on top that they don't always use. But give me, yeah. give me a minute and I will be able to pull that up for you. Yeah. Cast strength, which is fun too, because that's. You know, we see so much cast strength bourbon and single malt. I, I am not, I'm not at all saying that there isn't. It's not a, you know, it's just less common to find a cast strength rye than it is to yeah. oh, cast yeah. strength bourbon. So that's that's also quite fun. And I think one nineteen point two is a, is pretty hearty as far as cast strength goes. But it definitely, I mean, I drink cast strength whiskey all the time now, so I'm, I'm pretty used to it. But it's, I still think it's uh, quite balanced at that proof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a. That's a great proof. It's not going to melt your face, but it's <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's exactly. not gonna... We're looking at some casks from one distillery that are like pushing 140. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And we've been going back and forth on whether to put those out of cast strength. And I want to because whether or not to put out a hazmat whiskey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just it for me, it's it requires water. So at that point, mm. Why are we why are we not putting it at a place that it's it shows better? Because it destroys me. Like we had we had to break we had twelve 
different whiskeys to taste and we had to break it up into six flights to be able to even like taste the flavors and give our palate the space to actually engage with it and so that's my opinion we'll see you'll see what we end up doing i still Um, drink it without water but uh, (laughs) yeah i um i just got a bottle try it in a different uh in a different glass yeah that does anything for you I just got a bottle. Were you, were you gonna? Um, were you gonna say that? Yeah, I was just gonna say um, we were just drinking a bottle of the Stag Junior um, a few podcasts ago, and it was kicking us in the butt, like through just the regular Glencairn. But we tried it in uh, a neat glass. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Yeah, we have one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It, it just has such a almost like it's diluting it, like. Or diluting it it's it's got a really softening effect on on the whiskey i wouldn't say it's the best for a softer whiskey but it's really great for high proof whiskey i'll have to try that because mm-hmm. yeah we do have one we don't we use glenn karen's for our tastings but it's, yeah. right. it's a good idea yeah i like the flavors from the neat glass the problem is i always spill whiskey in my face when yep so, you gotta be extra extra careful especially if you're doing a high proof yeah. yeah no you know and the thing that and we kind of talked about this on our podcast with it but the thing that that we found is that a Glencairn has two has two distinct experiences the nose and the taste right and a neat glass just sort of combines those experiences mm-hmm. and it combines those experiences but it also slightly like it slightly um tempers the nose mm-hmm. a little bit so I, I I don't know. It just we have found it is interesting to try some of our our whiskeys that we're very familiar with, right? And try them in that and get totally different notes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going, Oh, how did we not know that was back there? And then trying it again and going Karen and going, Yeah, I'm still finding it now that I know that it's possible to be back there. Yeah. Going like, oh wow. Once when I was at Whiskey Advocate, we actually we did all of our tasting flights blind and we did one flight blind except um, it was the same whiskey in all the glasses, but uh, all the glasses were different. Mm-hmm. So we did like a Glencairn, a Copita glass, mm-hmm. a Neat glass, a Simply glass, which is fun because it uh, it doesn't stand up; it kind of spins around and oh. uh, mm-hmm. rotates the whiskey for you, mm-hmm. um, which was my favorite, mostly because it's kind of silly. But mm-hmm. uh, but it was it was interesting tasting it like that because you do get slightly different flavors from different glasses, and doing them side by side like that, you can really see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. We got They're a cool. bunch of different glasses now. We had a a, a website uh, distillery products send us a bunch of glasses to try for for one of our recordings, and that's cool. So now we just have like tons of different glasses to try, <laughs> which is cool. But anyway, this is a good a good problem. To back have. to the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to move on to the um the iron root? Yeah, that sounds good. I was just going to say, I added a little bit of water to the New York, um, to the rye, and it really brought out a lot of that apple sweetness. Yeah, it does. It's really nice. Um, I think I prefer it without the water for sure, but just a little bit of water really brought out that sweetness, which is really cool. Cool to try. Very nice. I do like it, yeah. All right, so for the iron route, uh, Nora's still looking up the still information. I'm having hey. technical difficulties. Oh, it's okay. Problem, but yeah. 
the right. internet in Vermont is a little iffy, and I think that we're using all of it to be able to stay on the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I, I just had to – it felt like it was a pot still, so that's why I asked. Um, but if it's not, I mean, more credit to it. Like, it just feels so big and thick. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the one of the few that we don't have. We don't have like <laughs> we know the balcony yeah. does massive pot still. So yeah, like, those are, those yeah, are ones that huge. Yeah. yeah, having issues with my phone. So they are for, very impressive in person. That's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, Iron Root Republic needs uh, no introduction in uh, these parts. Uh, <laughs> pretty familiar with them, but. Uh, um, just in case anyone doesn't know, they're um, they're up in northern Texas, right on the Oklahoma border, um, doing a very European style of distilling in in, uh, in some ways, but uh, certainly with a uh, strong Texas influence too. Mm -hmm. And this uh, this is in our other category because it's the corn whiskey. It's a four year old, which is a uh, that was, I think at the time we bought this, they were only like five and a half years old, so this was one of their earlier casks, um, and it was. Uh, it was, it's a really special cask. And when we went down there, um, we were <laughs> planning to buy bourbon casks from them. And uh, Jonathan Licorice literally wouldn't let us leave until we tried some corn whiskey. <laughs> and we were like, come on, man. Like, we're just starting out. We can't do corn whiskey right away. Yeah. And no one's like, going to oh. buy it. Yeah. Like, That's fine, but you yeah. still have to try it. And, <laughs> and we tried it. And now here That's it is. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's, I mean, yeah, he was right. We bought the cask. The rest <laughs> yeah. of history. But it is, it's super cool because most people have preconceived notions about what corn whiskey is. We mm -hmm. all yeah. kind of have, have had. Everybody's had mellow corn at one point or another. Exactly. <laughs> we actually like mellow corn. I love mellow corn. Conversation. Um, but we think this is, this is totally different. I mean, it's a hundred percent yellow dent corn okay. and the barrel use is really really interesting it's used oak the barrel previously held their bourbon but it's european oak and it's char one okay so it's super interesting oh. um and we think it's a totally different perspective on what whiskey from corn can taste like it's so fruity oh my goodness yeah and we get a we get like a floral violet character mm -hmm. that comes from the what we think is the european oak mm -hmm. character coming through um, and as you know, this is, this is the first cask of ours that sold out. So this is no longer, to the best of our knowledge, we sold out have... immediately. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unless, unless Sealbox is secretly holding on to a few bottles. This is, yeah, this is yeah. fully sold out. So. Wow. Which is, there were only. That's gotta be super exciting for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have something that went that quick. Our, our attitude was. This is one of the best barrels that we tried when we were on the road. And if we're not going to buy that, then like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. oh, uh, wow. So it's really great to see that people uh, are embracing that and are excited to see, oh, this is a different take on, on Iron Root. I don't think they, I think most of their corn whiskey that comes out is, uh, is finished in some way, I believe, uh, at least what gets outside of Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it's four years old. Um, so this is- Very uh, little gets outside of Texas. You get Harbinger next, see? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know. Well, that, that was the fun thing. I mean, that's why it sold out so quickly because there's so yeah. many Iron Root fans, fans outside of Texas. Yeah. yeah, because of our model, we can ship to a lot of different places. So, or we don't ship. Yeah. We work with retail partners who are Which, able. Actually, yeah, I wanted to ask about that just out of curiosity. Where you guys, where do you guys sit in the three tier system? Right? So are you? We're producer. Okay. Yeah. So I we, was. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, are they a distributor technically? Because they can buy it from, but that wouldn't make sense because you can, yeah. yeah. We're, okay. we're, some people say rectifier, some people say non-disclosure. Okay. We think that there are yeah. some negative connotations with that. So that's why we say <laughs> With rectifier. Yeah. yeah. Because, but yeah. The, the a little, a little prohibition uh, carryover. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's in <laughs> here? Bleach? Bleach? <laughs> 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 kerosene <laughs> yeah um but yeah so we're producer and actually the way that we're right now we're doing all of our um stuff online because the pandemic has yeah. totally thrown yeah. stores and yeah. bars for a loop um and we were originally supposed to launch in may and go uh, through the normal distribution setup and go to, mm -hmm. to on and off premise and that completely shut down so what we actually do is now through three tier, we sell to retailers. Mm -hmm. We work with two retail partners that are then able to ship to different places. So, the, so between the two, they're able to ship to, I guess, up to 40 states. We don't have, we don't have a ton of knowledge about state stuff. So every once in a while, we'll look at it. Like we live in Vermont and we thought we mm -hmm. weren't going to be able to ship to Vermont. And then a week <laughs> before we launched, all of a sudden, one of our retail partners was shipping to Vermont. So we yeah, don't it's have, like, oh, hey, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. For us, but it is, it's an interesting setup. It's a way, in some ways we're calling this a limited release because it's not going into standard ways for people to buy it. But yeah. we wanted to, we wanted to put our whiskey out. We were super excited. We had been ready for a long time. And mm -hmm. so this was, this was a way to do it that didn't really exist pre 2020. Very cool. Very and cool. luckily we have enough of the American Vada malt with around 3000 bottles that um, we're definitely holding back some of that for eventually a retail release. And we think yeah. some whiskey bars too, because we think it's a, yeah. a fun thing to have as an addition to um, yeah. American single malt. Definitely. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Which is, that's okay. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Cause it's, you know, and, and just for like, for any listeners that, that don't know the, the three tiered system in, in America is the, essentially the, the, the system of alcohol distribution, right? When prohibition was repealed, the federal government basically left it up to the States to say, all right, you guys figure it out. <laughs> and in varying degrees, most of the States came up with, uh, you know, some of them took a few years, but most of them came up with a three tiered system of um, a producer, a distributor and a retailer. Um, and you're generally not allowed to be in more than one of those <laughs> in, in, in a lot of states. There are certain states. Um, Washington actually, uh, oddly enough, does not have a three-tier system on the books. Um, it, for all intents and purposes, operates in a three-tier system just because that's what it used to operate in and that's what the rest of the country operates in. So um, when, I, when I'm asking about that, that's what I'm asking is, is out of curiosity of like which 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 part of that are you in yeah so so it makes it difficult sometimes to buy it makes it difficult sometimes to buy product because a lot of times um you know in most states you can't buy directly from a distillery for you know any more than like a single bottle or like like a couple of bottles if you're in texas it's two bottles every 30 days <sighs> Yeah, I've been stimmied by that every single time I go. <laughs> like, can I get all of your bottles? No, no, you can't. Sorry. So it's really it's, every state is essentially a different country with different yeah. laws and shipping. Like within the state is one thing, shipping yeah. from the state is another. Shipping into the state, it's 
so complicated. That's why we don't deal with it. We yeah. work with people who we, we sell to a distributor who then sells to a retailer and then that retailer knows where they can ship. And yeah, so yeah, they deal with it. That's <laughs> yeah. how, we, how we function and it allows us to do what we're doing. That's awesome. One, one quick aside is that the different systems can be, can work to your benefit sometimes. Yeah. Like Vermont is a control state, which means that the state mm, okay. owns the uh, liquor distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that means that for all the really rare whiskeys they get, they don't just mark them up to $700. They actually put oh, out okay. a lottery that you can enter and get a chance to then buy it at regular at, price. At MSRP. That's yeah. nice. So year, or, organs um, like that. I won a bottle of Stag, um, not Stag Junior, Stag Senior for nice. And she got a Baker to 13-year-old. So, Ooh. so nice. we actually got a retail price. And in New York, those are, were on the shelves for like $800. Yeah. Would never. Yeah, that's like yeah. In Oregon, you can do that because they have a regulated pricing, everything state owned, all the liquor stores. And yeah. but here, sorry, my alarms are going off like crazy. Well, we used to have that. We used to have you know state controlled retail. Yeah, right? but then Costco. Um, <laughs> and. and- Yes, and that was the trade-off for <laughs> getting rid of state-controlled retail and the three-tiered system was the highest tax rate by far. Because yes. I think the next highest tax rate is Oregon, and ours is like double theirs. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I like was just down in Texas and bought. I'm, I'm gonna put myself on blast here. I bought about seven hundred dollars worth of whiskey at a at a at a total wine, and paid fifty bucks in taxes. Yeah. And nice. here I would have paid probably two twenty in taxes, just in taxes. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. So. Yeah. I, gotta, yeah, I, I get that every once in a while. I'll be talking to somebody. You know, I'll be be talking to somebody that lives in. Yeah, Texas or California or somewhere that has like super low taxes on alcohol, and they're like, "Why would you ever buy alcohol in Washington?" Because I live here, I have no choice. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get it. Yeah, that's first it they get you to move there, and then they, <laughs> and then they raise the taxes. Yep. I gotta but say I, this this uh, Iron Ruby. It's the first corn whiskey I've had from them. I've had I only have had their bourbon, and the the Harbinger, and this is very different than any corn whiskey I've ever had. Like I've had Balconis baby blue and true blue and I've had mellow corn. And I think that's the only corn whiskey I've ever had. But from all of those, I always get like a really dense, like sweet candy corn type flavor, like the Halloween, like candy corn. This, like, I don't get that. This is like, this is like a really this is like a really good bourbon. Like this is like a fantastic, like I don't get that. It's definitely sweet. It's definitely got those buttery vanilla like characteristics, but it's not, it's not like this overly sweet, like sickly sweet. Well, here's my Texas heat. Yeah. It's gotta be that age and the Texas heat. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the European Oak. I mean, one of the things Mm -hmm. that we really love about iron root is they're the first distillery that we see that is really experimenting with pairing of types of corn. So we they use many different heirlooms. They are definitely corn nerds, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> amazing in its own right, but they figured out what type of 
oak pairs best with this. Ooh. So each type of corn, they have a specific barrel set up. And I know they're, they're always experimenting. So they probably say it's even nerdier than that at this point, but it's something that yeah. creates these flavors that don't really exist in other whiskey that we've tasted because they go to that level where they're using multiple different types of barrels paired with multiple different types of corn. It's it's yeah. really, really, really cool program. And we look forward <laughs> to more barrels from them. Yes. And a lot of people are excited to get it because as you said, it's generally primarily available in Texas. And it's one of those brands that made us super excited about doing what we're doing because we can help them get to the many, many, many fans that they have that are outside of their standard um, market. Nice. For this release, of course, the angel share was so high that we only got 111 bottles. Yeah, (laughs) I saw that. I was like, man, some of the, you know, I'm like, some of these, like these other ones are, you know, 213, 202. I'm like, that's not so bad out of a single cast. That's pretty good. And yeah, and then you get to the Texas one, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> your bottle and our bottle. That's like almost two percent of the bottles right there. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So it's, it's exciting that people are actually opening them, yeah. which is like we we picked the whiskey because we think it's really delicious yeah. and mm-hmm. we want people to enjoy it. So it's nice that they're the whole point. Oh, yeah. The whole point of whiskey, right, is to is to enjoy it, and whether you're enjoying it, you know, on your own because you're the one that <laughs> that can sit and enjoy the nuance of it, or you're enjoying it with friends, right? That's Definitely. That is the whole heart of whiskey, is is sitting and enjoying it with, preferably with with other people. So, you know, if, if you're gonna buy, I'm I'm definitely not in the camp of I'm gonna buy this and I'm gonna put it on a shelf. Granted, I do have bottles that I bought and I put them on a shelf, but that's just because I also bought seven other bottles at the same time and I'm still I'm getting to it. I'm gonna get to it. <laughs> I just have too much too much for me to get to. Um, but no, it's that's definitely like we're definitely. Like we'll definitely try it. <laughs> We're definitely gonna drink it. Yeah. So for sure. yeah. that's for sure. No, and I'm 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 with you on that. I'm super excited for some of the things that Iron Root has coming out. They have a a very interesting experiment outside of corn <laughs> that they've they've done that is What's that? Yeah. It was really, really cool. That I'm I'm totally looking forward to. They did a experiment with barley. So Oh cool. Yeah. I feel like they were talking about yeah. They were talking about doing it when we were there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they got they got a new cognac still, which I know they've been doing more experiments on versus their Vendome. So So, yeah, super. We are super excited about what they're up to. Yeah. So this is kind of exactly what we're talking about. This is a distillery that you know well, but this is a different side of them. Mm -hmm. And now we can move from there to a distillery that sounds like neither of you know very well, which is Santa Fe Spirits. Yeah. And uh, that's really encapsulates what the program is supposed to be. It's like the story you love that you can, that you can be wearing the hat from and <laughs> mm-hmm. also be excited about here's a different take on it to something that you're like, what is this? I have no idea if I like it. I have no idea what it is, but yeah. Um, hopefully you will. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have some? Yeah. Let's try it. <laughs> we have glass, I have my own glass for that. Yeah. Confusion with the glasses because we added the iron root last minute. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing a little bit of glass dancing. Right. Yeah. Some musical glasses. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, Lost Lantern single cask number one, uh, mm-hmm. Santa Fe Spirits. It's last in the lineup because it's it's mesquite smoked. Makes um, sense. So wow. this is this is the only whiskey single cask that we have right now that's also in the American Vatted Malt. Um, it? So it is the mesquite smoke that you're getting in that. Um, we as a team are super, super, super excited about Mesquite Smoke Single Malt because 
it is something that is truly American. I mean, it's from the Southwest. Mm-hmm. They, there are a few producers that are doing this in an awesome way. Santa Fe is one of them. And they essentially, instead of peating their barley, so smoking it using peat, they use mesquite wood to smoke it. So it's the same structure as peated scotch, but they're doing a twist that is uniquely Southwestern um, American style. And this is, we love this, especially as an introduction to mesquite smoked single malt because only 30% of the barley was mesquite smoked. So we find that it, you get it. You're not going to miss that there's. Yeah. You're not going to miss this. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but it's it's good though. It's super, it's subtle. Um, at, well, at least more subtle than some of the other, uh, mesquite smoked single malt on the market. Sorry. You, you talk. (laughs) little more subtle than some of the stuff coming out of Delbach. Yeah, we love them. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's the only, it's the only mesquite, like truly mesquite sort of thing I've had is Delbach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andalusia Striker uses a little bit of mesquite, mm-hmm. but it's mostly Texas scrub oak. Yeah. Um, Holy cow. Yeah, <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was cool. aggressive. And this is definitely a little bit more nuanced, but man, that, oh, that smell is so good. I, yeah. I absolutely love the nose on this. And you get more smoke on the palate. So it's kind oh, of, yeah. it, on the nose, it kind of gets you ready for it on the palate. It's yeah, the nose, I would say, is subtle smoke. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a smoked ham. It's so, like, but it's not like, it's like a smoked ham that you reheated in your oven and it's not fresh off the grill. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Man, that is. Man, that's good. But still, <laughs> just so sweet and mapley. Like, man, that is. Yeah, that's definitely that's going right up to the top of my. That's going right up to the top of my list. I'm. I'm gonna get that one next. Oh my god, that's good. That is yeah. amazing. Wow. Say, yeah, this we're, is. Man. We're excited about them. They also one of the casts that from them that is in our American Baden Malt mm-hmm. actually was apple brandy finished. And the reason that Santa Fe Spirits exists is because of Apple Brandy. The owner, Colin, um, who is British, Mm -hmm. moved to Santa Fe and he had a bunch of apple trees on his property. And so he decided he wanted to make Apple Brandy with it. And then he eventually moved into whiskey as well. But they have, they're still making Apple Brandy and they do, they put out their own release. And one of the the barrels in American Vatimal also was Apple Brandy finished. Apple Brandy. That's really cool. cool. That's kind of like McCarthy's. They from Clear Creek. Yeah, do mostly yeah. brandy, and then oh, we also have a single malt. Which yeah. I wonder why don't they do like a brandy finish single malt because they they could. do it. They do, didn't they? I don't think so. I thought wasn't that one of the ones we tried? Oh no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of something different. We we tried the the bourbon finished brandy. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah they do a brandy yeah, yeah. in bourbon barrels. Yeah, which was. That one was good. That one was really good. It's super good. I do remember that one. So this cask, Colin was bringing this. Uh, he was driving up from uh, Santa Fe to Denver to do our blending session for American Vatican Mall. Mm-hmm. And he brought this particular cask as one of the blending candidates. And we we tasted through everything first um, before he brought stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he brought slightly more than we needed. And we wanted to narrow it down a little bit. And we tasted this one and we're like, no, no, this is not going into a blend. This is this is a single cask right here. Yeah. And uh stole it for that purpose <laughs> that's awesome yeah. made our lives easy yeah, yeah. Well, i'm glad you did because yeah that is that's fantastic whiskey <laughs> we've, we've been so excited to see the responses to this one because 
even a lot of whiskey people don't really know mesquite smoke single malt very well mm-hmm. um, or if they do it's uh haven't had a broad experience with it mm-hmm. um but we really think that this is uh that santa fe spirits is something special and doing something really unique in a unique climate at seven thousand feet above sea level and the like like dry new mexico climate not as hot as i had assumed of new mexico cooler, but yeah. uh, hmm. um, definitely big temperature swings um and a beautiful distillery and we we want more people to discover it and fall in love with it the way that we have yeah it's interesting because we, we have found that this is the one that people have the most concern as they go in they're with they mm-hmm. they don't quite know what it's going to taste like and are a little apprehensive but by and large people come away smiling and excited and all of that and so it's, it is it's a great joy for us to be like yes another person converted to mesquite smoking a wall that is oh i can't get over that that is so it's the most unique whiskey i think i've ever had like i've had striker from andalusia i've had i haven't had brimstone yet but that's a yeah i still got a bottle of that waiting to open scrub scrub it's another one of those that got too many bottles all at once and i'll put that on the shelf and get to it eventually but i I really like that. I really prefer that smoke that I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say I prefer it over Pete. I don't like, I don't want to put any comparisons there, but like, man, that is, I really like that. It's hard for me not to put this down and keep going back to it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And if you haven't already, it's worth after doing this, go back and smell the American Batamol and taste mm-hmm. it. Oh, okay. Because I think now that you know what to look for, you'll yeah. I'm 100% getting the mesquite smoke now on the, the nose of the vatted. I finished that one, so I need to pour a little bit more. <laughs> it's early and I got to go back to work, so I kind of... <laughs> You're welcome, yeah. I know, me too. I actually have to go into work after this. Oh, for Drink sure. Yeah. This. I'm lucky because after this, this after is work. <laughs> I get to taste like 25 samples, prototypes that we've made for a blend we're working on. So, oh, very cool. Great, this is a great preparation for my palate. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. I was going to ask. <laughs> but it is, it's the first blend that we will make just the two of us. So, we're super excited. Okay. Very cool. Because cool. the American Vitamin Malt is collaborative it is yeah not something it's a blend but it's a blend made by like eight different people yeah, and it's super fun and it's interesting because it takes in the perspective of some of the most important single malt producers in the country but mm-hmm. also is totally unrealistic to do that consistently and also part of what we're doing is coming up with new interesting flavors and so that that's yeah. gonna be yeah fun. yeah there's, there's such a rich tradition of blending in scotland uh, but not as much here across geographic lines, but there's, there's so much yeah. opportunity there in terms of cool and unique flavors that haven't been combined before and just to play with that. We don't have a compass box. So if you want to fill that role. Actually, when we were putting together the American Vatimal, we realized that no one, at least at that time, had put out whiskey that combined peat and mesquite smoke whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we went, oh God, what if they don't go well together? We have to, like, we don't want to invite people that make these whiskeys that are going to clash. So we actually spent like a week t- 
testing to see if Pete and Mesquite will integrate mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Luckily they did and, and mm-hmm. we have this, but. But it was interesting because we found that if they're in roughly equal proportions, they kind of cancel each other out or or like butt heads together. Do not work. Interesting. But but if, if it's like a two to one, whichever either Pete Mesquite or Mesquite Pete, then the flavors come together really nicely. So it's the, the kind of thing you learn when you're blending stuff that hasn't been blended before. Yeah. And it also takes us weeks and weeks to see if integration happens because we're dealing with flavors that are wide in, in kind of the range of, of components. Whereas a lot of distilleries are, are in a certain yeah. kind of region. They have variation with the barrels, but you're not blending things that taste totally different. So yeah. mm-hmm. our blending process we have discovered takes a really, really long time. And it's a lot of testing and letting things sit yeah. in a tiny bottle for three weeks. Yeah. Before we can decide if we can put If it's together. actually worth, yeah, yeah, putting putting them together or not. <laughs> that sounds very... like uh, sounds like my kind of hobby. Yeah, cool. I remember <laughs> I, we love it. Yeah. When we were picking out our single barrel with Balcones, we had we had allotted like an hour because you know for a podcast we were just doing it over the podcast it ended up being a three-hour recording <laughs> like it was yeah. so yeah. and and of course well, it was just with the two of us too if we'd had sean in there too yeah that would have been even longer because we would have had three people yeah going back and forth yeah sean our other co-host unfortunately he couldn't make it today he had something come up and um but yeah he or that that just took so long and and of course they gave us all like just amazing whiskeys like any of those whiskeys would have been great to choose but and all super unique with all of them had this like awesome story to go with it of like here's what's going into this one here's why it's unique here's why it's weird and so it was yeah it was very difficult to to narrow down so if you're doing it if you're doing that at a hundred different distilleries then yeah (laughs) i can see why this is your full-time job yeah (laughs) sounds fun (laughs) Jared is yeah. such a pro, and when he came to yeah. the all blending, he was a uh, he didn't eat anything for the entire day until we were done blending because he didn't want to affect his yeah, palate. affect his palate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's hardcore. Like Forty barrel, uh, cast strength samples of whiskey from <laughs> at the end of the day. <sighs> can I feed you a bagel? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can I give you something? I feel like you're gonna fall over. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i've i've heard i've heard him say he's he's done that before so that, that's and, what one of the fun things about seeing people from so many different backgrounds blending together is everyone has their own approach like some people took really detailed notes some people made an excel spreadsheet with the different flavor notes and flavor profiles to kind of like figure out what where exactly the blend should go and other mm-hmm. people just kind of closed their eyes and nosed everything tasted everything like wrote down a word or two and blended that way yeah so it's a and they all make great whiskey. So right. there are a lot of different approaches and just whatever fits your personal style. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. yeah well, so that's our, that's our first lineup plus the uh, Cedar Ridge Iowa bourbon, which we uh, are basically had run out of samples of, yeah. I believe, um, from uh, from the Great Plains. Maybe I should put that one at the top of my list and set just to make sure I get it before it goes. That way you'd have trouble. The thing we'll say for that is their whiskey is pretty widely available, but it's not yeah. at cast strength. I think it's at 86 proof. So 
for a lot of whiskey nerds, it's not strong enough for them to truly experience it the way they like to experience. So is they're also along with Iron Root, one of the distilleries that when we started this project, they were one of the reasons that we did because we felt mm. like they were not getting the attention that they deserved. Yeah. And they have been kind of since we started more and more, but this is it's cast strength. It's it's a clear kind of signal of the just the true quality of the bourbon they're making out there. Um, and we thought it was super important to have them as our first bourbon. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, is there is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as your whiskeys go, or any future projects? Any teasers for any... next quarter? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. We we do not have an other coming out next oh, quarter. Okay. So, but we have. Are you cool with saying the? not who it is but yeah, but sure. the setup of sure. that so this the single malt <laughs> is actually going to be a trio it's going to be three oh. single malts from not blended it's three distinct yeah single malts um oh, interesting so and they have different one In one distillery or from multiple distilleries one distillery, one distillery different barrels different wood types in some yeah. of them so Very that's cool. one of the fun things and then it's yeah. awesome interesting stuff because for me i find the way you really fall in love with a distillery or a winery or anything is by not just by tasting one thing but by tasting a number of things from it side by side and that's how you really yeah. understand them so we wanted to create an opportunity for uh, people to see that very um, cool plus we couldn't just pick one barrel so <laughs> <laughs> can we just do all three of these <laughs> that's awesome no that yeah. can we afford to buy all three of these oh. we can okay good okay. <laughs> let's get them <laughs> man well That's i awesome. definitely trust your guys palate now like after having all these these are fantastic whiskeys and i cannot wait to see what else you guys put out there definitely be keeping an eye on you guys for sure yeah thank you yeah and what's our website and instagram lostlanternwhiskey.com and lostlanternwhiskey on instagram and yeah all of the ordering information just go to our website and you'll be able to figure out what state you're in obviously mm -hmm. and then it'll tell yeah. you where to where to order cool and if you can't get it from them um try seal box is the other place that has it correct yes. and they might yeah. you might be able to get it from them yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cool. they're actually list. where i got the iron root from because you guys had already sold out <laughs> sold out in 20 minutes yeah uh, two days so it's yeah. a little, there's a little bit of yeah. a bigger window there that's awesome. yeah. we told uh told the seal box folks after we sold out in 20 minutes we were like We've got X amount left. Do you just want the rest of it? <laughs> the answer was yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. thank you. Fun. Thank you both so much for having us. This was a pleasure. No, thank yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been awesome. Super, super fun to interview you guys. That's, I was telling Blake before this of like, if I had like in a perfect world and I could have my way, this would totally be something that I would love to do is, is independent bottling of being able to go to the people who are like, a little bit more creative than I am. <laughs> That's I was like, you gotta have, you gotta be pretty, like you gotta be a very creative type of person. You gotta be a very sort of artistic type of person, really, to to be a yes. successful distiller because it, it really is an art more than 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 it is. I mean, it's to to good blend of art and science, but in my mind, anyways, you you gotta be a pretty good artist to do it. So, and I'm not. So, <laughs> get somebody else to do the good part, <laughs> come up with the good stuff, and I'll just. 
come yeah. along and take the <laughs> stuff that I think is super interesting and try and get it out there. So yeah, yeah I know I love what you guys are doing and super excited for everything else that comes out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. And we, we hope to hit the road again after the pandemic. So uh, next time around Seattle, we'll have to hit you up. Yeah, yeah. we can go through a tasting somewhere or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Hit up Whiskey West next time next time it opens up. Yeah. Yeah. No, whenever that is. Yeah. Remember bars? They used to exist. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> For real. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. thank you so much. Enjoy going to work. <laughs> yeah. I you too. totally will now. <laughs> work is going to be an amazing day. Something tells me you'll enjoy going to work a little bit more than we will. Thanks again for listening to That's Neat. You can follow us on Instagram at That's Neat underscore podcast. And make sure to check out our website where you can purchase some merch at That's Neat Podcast.com. And remember, life can be messy. Play your whiskey. Always be neat. Thanks, y'all. Thank you.